0: Of NBA Geekly presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host Nick Smith. And joining me on this lovely afternoon is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. Uh, you know, just enjoying the season.
1: Uh, you know, starting to get in full swing and uh NCAA started last night. So
0: basketball, you know, is all all back right now. Yeah, man. It, it's fucking awesome. Like I'm not really into um college but I do like watching uh not like you are I guess I should say like I like watching the tournament um but I do like watching like the the blue bloods to see like which of these young guys are going to like stand out um to get like a good um like a a good peg on on you know where where I think they'll be positioned come draft time um, and Georgia's actually got one of them this year and it's the first time since Jarvis Hayes that they've had like um like a I I see I don't even know if Jarvis Hayes was a blue chipper honestly um I think he was he was a relatively high draft pick by Washington then um I want to say like 11th or 13th or something like that like a late lottery pick um but uh but yeah I mean uh, Anthony Edwards uh he, he he looks like he's gonna be really fucking good, so that'll be fun. A um, little added bonus for me to watch out the season. I didn't see uh I didn't see the score. I saw that uh Duke uh eked out the victory. My my buddy told me earlier. Um, how how'd your Wildcats do? Uh, beat uh Michigan State, so they'll be ranked
1: number one. Um, nice f- freshman Tyler Maxey, who just. He really lived up to the moment, really lived up to the light, um, hit this big three do- towards the end of the game, like right around the – it was like um, – I forget what words were on the court, but he hit it like where the H was. It was a deep three with like 40 seconds left, and it just put the icing, like the dagger, and he just – he's cold-blooded. He's hes all over the place too. He gets rebounds, so it was, it was very exciting to see him just live up to that moment. Yeah,
0: you said Halliburton?
1: No, Maxie.
0: Oh, Maxie. Okay. Yeah. Um. They, uh, they have that kid Halliburton too, right? He's on that squad, right? Or am I thinking of another um, school? I, I might be thinking, thinking of Iowa Another State. school. Yeah. Iowa State. I was like, Halliburton. That. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, like Whitney, I don't watch enough. I.
1: Brooks Jr.
0: Yeah. 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 They see. Yeah. They had hero last year. Iowa State had Halliburton and hero ended up going to the draft in Halliburton and Halliburton stayed back um another year. Um but yeah, dude, like that's awesome. I'm I'm happy for you. Um I know that's a fucking huge win to start the season. So, um maybe uh maybe this will be a, a a great year for Kentucky. Um I uh I I certainly hope the best for you. Um but all right, uh let's get into some NBA talk. Uh it's been a while. Uh, a lot has happened since our last show. Um, I'm going to start off with a little bad news. Uh, in fact, a lot of it, a lot of this podcast is going to be bad news, uh, but we'll have some good news sprinkled in uh, here and there. Um, but it started off, Steph Curry, uh, after breaking his hand, uh, I think it happened right after we got done with the podcast last week. Uh, he's going to be out at least three months. Uh, and the Warriors are going to really fucking suck this year. Um, and part of me, like, <laughs> part of me is like, you know, I called it. <laughs> um, but another part of me is obviously, like, it sucks. Like, I um, I would have liked to have seen, it, not even like, um, you know, I – I I would have been curious to see how good they would have been even if Steph was playing, because they were playing like shit, um, you know, early on in the season when they had him. Uh, So, you know, their defense is atrocious. Um, It looks like they're going to be very judicious with uh, Draymond Green's uh, playtime and D'Angelo Russell's playtime, despite what um, Lakeham, you know, uh it might say uh, doth protest too much uh in my opinion uh as it pertains to the whole tanking scenario um but what are your thoughts on steph being out for at least three months um and how do you look at the warriors obviously not this year if they're gonna miss the playoffs i mean it'd be a fucking miracle if they didn't um but how do you look at their future um do you think D'Angelo Russell gets traded this year? Do you think do you think he's a more valuable trade chip in the offseason or maybe in the future? Um, any of that that you want to tackle?
1: Yeah, it's a big blow um, You know, for Golden State and just NBA fans all around for Steph to go out for three months. I mean, it really takes the team down a, another notch completely. Like you said, they're already kind of playing at a very low level with him out on the court, so losing him was big, and then like you said, they're bottom three in defense. They definitely need to find, figure that one out. It's not going to be this year, um, obviously. And um, I would definitely stagger, you know, Draymond definitely, if he needs to sit. I know they're sitting Russell and Draymond tonight with, um, you know, Plaza and Stefford obviously out. So I keep on sitting them. And honestly, I've used this as a bounce back year. Um, they've had a lot of minutes put on them. You know, it, it's almost like LeBron. Last year, you know, he got to skip the playoffs and all that, and now look at him coming out. He's, like, full swing. Right. So, I would definitely use this as, you know, get back, you know, get healthy. Uh, definitely showcase some people. I would make some trades. I would definitely, you know, have some people that I'm trying to move forward. But, you know, I don't see Russell in the, in the future plan. So, I'd definitely be showcasing him. I'd be drawing up a lot of plays through him. A lot of just, you know, making him look really good, hitting threes, making – it's it, like his game, like you know, it's everything suit his game for right now because it's that's going to be out for three months. And you know, Draymond come in, in, in and out, um, they're still very weak defensively. It's it, it stinks, but it like just shows how much, like, Draymond to be a really good defensive player, he needs to be a, a floater so he can do his thing and you know, key in and switch out. And when you lose someone like KD, who is actually a, a really good defender, he can play the three four, and Clay, who's uh. You know, very underrated defender, and you know, put it all on Draymond. It makes it a little bit tough for him. So, I definitely, you know, use this year try to develop some of the younger guys. I mean, the guy that they drafted doesn't look that bad. I forget his name out of Michigan right now. It's something. Pool. I mean, Pool hasn't looked that bad. I mean, he's still young, but um, uh, I heard something the other day that how he's so surprised, um, you know, with the spacing on the floor, how he can get to his own shot now. So, you know, definitely. Uh, have him play, but I would definitely shop Russell. Um, you know that's going to be your biggest piece. I know a lot of people I keep on seeing in Minnesota. I don't really see them doing the Minnesota one. A team that I could possibly see them doing it, I don't know how well he'd fit right now, but um, the Miami Heat would definitely be interesting. They definitely have a lot of trade it would be uh, assets so they can meet that, and I think they have the type of people that Golden State would want to take back. Like, you know, they can get some young players, but they also have some versatile players that they have. And I don't know, Russell would be fun next to Butler in my mind. It's definitely Butler would help him out defensively and all that. But having the second go-to shooter for – because I don't see, you know, people saying Chris Paul to the Heat. I don't think the Heat should do that one. And then James Russell going to Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota would be awesome with him, but I think they missed out on that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I think that he – they definitely should shop him. This year, I mean, if you wait to the end of the offseason, you might get more. But just say, you know, he he starts coming out again, like after this week. He makes the run, and he's, you know, in contention being uh, in the uh, all-star game, you know, right before trade deadline. If he makes it or even if he misses, you know, just that'd be tough in the West. But, you know, he starts putting up some good numbers. I mean, I'd definitely shop him and see what you can get. But I just don't see him after this year. I just don't see him in their long-term plans.
0: Yeah, I don't either and I I honestly the way I look at Russell is like you said, like definitely try to kind of gear the offense to like make his value as good as it possibly can be, run everything through him um or at least um not necessarily through him but it, in a way that's going to um make the game as easy as possible for him so he can get buckets um you know, he can he can post up some really solid numbers. But what it all comes down to, like you said, you don't necessarily see Minnesota wanting to pull the trigger on him right now. I, I mean, I would say the same thing about Miami because, I mean, i thought about Miami as well. Like a team that might be interested is Orlando, but I don't look at Orlando and say – yeah, that's a, that would be a really nice piece that would fit with the Warriors. I don't see any particular piece on their team that I think they'd be willing to part with um, that would make sense. So it may just come down to whether or not they want to move him this season. They just don't have an offer that's worth it. You know, like, luckily for them, they're, they're obviously uh, not going to give up that pick uh, to Brooklyn. So if you look at what they gave up for – um, to get D'Angelo Russell at this point, um, they basically gave up Iguodala uh, and a first-round pick and a second-round pick. So in that sense, it's it's not terrible. Um, I, I think you could easily get that amount of value back for D'Angelo Russell. But if Minnesota keeps playing well, if Miami keeps playing well, why would they want to like Why would they want to fuck with what they got? I can maybe see Minnesota doing it, but you're not going to get Robert Covington. Like that's the person that everybody has, like said, like, oh, uh, like Golden State next year. You know they'll have all these guys, and they'll have Robert Covington after they trade. You know Russell. Well, first of all, it's really hard to make that trade work. Like I've crunched the numbers; it's not. It's really not as easy as people like to make it out to be um, because of the structures of all of Golden State's contracts. They have four really high-value contracts, and then all the rest of them are really, really tiny. Um, and, and like with Minnesota, like you throw Covington in there, uh, and his contract just is, is like in, – in, it just it's a medium contract. It's like $11 million dollars it's really hard to fit another contract on that team with him that that really works and um the you know the the biggest pitfall there is uh you know they obviously golden state cannot go over um the luxury tax and like don't get me wrong i love robert covington um you know i do but i don't i don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think that's what the Warriors should be thinking. Um, Now, there's a certain train of thought out there that maybe they're playing like a much longer game and thinking how they could possibly get the next superstar if they wait till this offseason. Like, let's just do a thought exercise here because I've heard it mentioned. Uh, That if they wait till this offseason and then, you know, D'Angelo Russell, they get a top three pick or something like that, um, and then Giannis doesn't sign uh, his Supermax extension, then they try to, you know, be aggressive and go after Giannis. Like, if I'm the Bucks, I'm just like, dude, I'm not fucking trading Giannis for D'Angelo Russell in a fucking draft pick that I don't know what he'll be. I'm just not doing that. And I don't care how many other picks you want to attach to it because they're going to suck. They're going to be shitty picks. Um, like, I... I I don't know if I'm if I'm Milwaukee, I'm just looking at that situation like I'll just play it out, man. Like I'll do the same thing OKC did and hopefully we don't get the same result that OKC got with KD leaving. Um, but like I'm not I'm not trading Giannis. Uh, it's not it's not exactly the same kind of situation um, that the Pelicans found themselves in with Anthony Davis. So I don't know, uh, I, you know, I. It, and if they do trade him, if if it does work out, I think they're going to be able to get, you know, something that maybe fits better with their team. Uh, they clearly, I'm not going to say they necessarily couldn't use a better point guard, but they don't need a point guard uh, on top of another point guard. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't see that kind of scenario playing out. If I'm the Warriors, I would prioritize, like, if I could go get, Jared Culver, Jeff Teague, and a first-round pick, I'd do that because then if you're looking at, like, essentially what you gave up versus what you got, so you gave up Andre Iguodala, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick, you got Jarrett Culver, Teague is expiring, and you get another first-round pick, like, that's a really good haul for what you gave up. Um, plus, I think Culver would be a great fit with them. Um, I mean, you talk about you get him in there, you develop him the rest of this season. He's not getting time to develop currently in Minnesota. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a, a possible solution. Um, and like Teague, just give you valuable minutes, basically give you the D'Angelo Russell minutes, and you get an extra body in there. Um, but again, like you said, I don't know why Minnesota would want to rush to do that trade. Like maybe they would. Maybe it would be um, to get like if 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 they were so high on him uh, that maybe they were willing to um, include a draft pick to move off of you know some some money in order to sign him this off season. Maybe they would you know do something similar. Um, you know this. You know at at this juncture, but um, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and kind of see how it plays out. But in the meantime, absolutely, you know, play him, get his value up, trade him when you think you get a good offer. But I'm just, I'm just saying if I could – I would rather prioritize getting really solid young players. And if I could get a guy like Colver who I think would fit my system um, and then could exist with my big three plus – Kevon Looney next season in a starter's position um, plus whatever draft pick you get um, on your own for sucking so bad plus, you know, maybe getting an extra pick and getting off of a a substantial amount of salary. Um, There's just so many benefits there to me that outweigh this, like at some point you can't just keep going for the next big star. Um, You know, it's, it's just, it's not sustainable um, and they've said time and time again that they want to be the Spurs. They want to be the new age Spurs um, where they just kind of keep rolling along and are always good. Obviously they're going to suck this year, um, but it, it, you have to get good young players um, who can kind of – you can have on value contracts so you can utilize that space to be able to use mid-level exceptions and, and things of that nature Uh, I mean, you can't just constantly go after the next big fish. Uh, The Spurs never did that. So, you know, I think the one big fish they went after was LaMarcus Aldridge. So uh, I just think if they want sustainability, they need to get good young players uh, that fit their team and their system. And to me, a guy like Jared Culver, um, I just think would be, uh, you know, like a really nice fit especially, you know, someone who's not getting adequate minutes uh, in Minnesota. So his value as of now, granted it's early on in the season, but his value as of now I think is lower than, you know, what it would have been at the draft and maybe what it will be uh, in the future if Andrew Wiggins continues to, you know, (laughs) be Andrew Wiggins. So um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, anything you want to add before we move on, man?
1: No, I mean, like you said, I agree with a lot of the things you said. I mean, the Minnesota one, um, you know, they could definitely do it. That Culver would be a nice trade asset. Um, I'd never understood why Minnesota drafted up to get him. I mean, I thought, I think he's a great player, but I just didn't see him really fit in the timeline. So maybe they use that as a piece. It's just, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, also, I mean, I know you mentioned Looney, um, if I, they do make any trades, I, I was thinking Looney would be in one of those. The three people that they could probably trade this year, Looney would be in that category of the, to get something from him. Even though Looney is a good player and they'd like to move like moving forward, you know, build them. But I think if you know if you're in the bottom five right now and you have the chance to get Chris Wiseman out of Memphis, who's a center, I mean Looney, yeah, he'd be good, but you don't really need Looney as much so. I do think Looney is something that they could get like some sort of assets. This year, you know, like you said, you got to build this year to rebuild your depth up and your young players and all that. You have your core three now. You don't need another superstar. You don't need to go out there, Giannis, and all that. You need to build your bench, and you need to get back to, you know, if you want to be the Spurs and all that. Spurs always had depth and all that, so you need to make up your desk on your bench and get some good role players around it. So we'll see what they what what happens with gold state. But I just they've got to play this year with not rushing back anyone. I mean they already said Clay's done for the year. Steph needs to sit more time, you know, let him sit or Draymond. So
0: just definitely be cautious this year. Yeah, take your time and develop your young guys. Eric Pascal looked great uh the other night. Um so like maybe that ends up I always I always thought I, I always thought it was weird that they took Jordan Poole at, like, 28 and then Pascal at 41 because I basically had those flipped on my big board. Um, and Pascal looks like he could be, like, a really fucking good, solid, like, role player who gives you good minutes as, like, a seventh or eighth guy on your team. Um, and, like, if you're drafting in the late first round or early second round, like, that's usually like you're happy with that. Like, or you're always happy with that. I should say, um, you don't usually get much better than that is what I mean to say. So, um, yeah, I, one more thing before we move on. Um, cause I've heard a little bit of buzz about the warriors, you know, potentially getting out, put, you know, getting out in front of it and, and, trading Draymond. Um, you know, they, they signed him to that deal, but they, they signed him like 3 days before um you know uh, before the deadline so that they could trade him basically um so they'll have 3 days prior to the trade deadline uh you know in in which they can trade Draymond um i don't <laughs> i don't i don't think people understand how important Draymond is to Steph Curry's success um like but both he and Clay uh and you know I I just don't think that would be a good idea first of all it'd be a bad look um but secondly like Draymond is your best creator he's your best passer um it, it, it's a it's a strange offense but it works so well when it's you know when everyone's healthy and it's um, you've got the necessary pieces uh, to fill in the gaps. It works so well because Draymond is so good at what he does. Um, and I just think that would be a really bad move for them. Um, I don't think I, – I think that's more um, uh, people, you know, people in the media or just fans speculating than – I don't think the Golden State Warriors are actually thinking that. I think they signed uh, Draymond to that deal – thinking, all right, we're going to have these three guys, you know, finish out their careers together um, and then figure out what we're going to do from there, what pieces we add and everything else. Um, but I, I really do – I really hope they don't do that because I think it would be tremendously bad for both Draymond and Steph. It's a very symbiotic relationship. Both of them make each other so much better, Um the team that would trade for Draymond is not going to get the same amount out of him that the Warriors would. And whoever the Warriors get back for him, it's going to be a huge detriment to Steph. Um, So I don't think it's on the table. I hope it's not on the table, Um, but we'll see. But um, let's move on uh, to another major injury, Um, not nearly as major as Steph, but uh, costly for the Blazers, particularly because their lack of depth, uh, you know, in, in, in the front court, Zach Collins um, is likely to miss the rest of the season after undergoing shoulder surgery. Um, I I just feel like this means the Blazers have got to fucking make some moves. They have got to make some trades. They already were lacking depth at, you know, in the front court, particularly at the four. Collins is kind of looked at as more of a new age five than a four, but he could play the four. They don't really have a lot of other guys who can play that position. They're like right now they're playing both Anthony Tolliver and Scal LeBizier big minutes because they don't have any other option. Uh, Hassan Whiteside has missed a couple games. Like that's probably going to be something you'll have to deal with throughout the season. Uh, Paul Gasol is like 39 years old. Um, so it, it, they're also thin at the center position. Um, I, I, they've got to figure out some way. They have so many expiring contracts. They have Whiteside. They have Bazemore. Um, you know, I think they have another one. That, that, if I'm not mistaken, that I can't think of right this second. Um, but like, they have expiring money that they can use to their benefit. Um, But you know they need to do it. I think they got to make a trade. They're already kind of feel like they're going to be one of those middle of the pack teams with some of these other teams in the West looking like they're kind of maybe uh, maybe in the position to take a leap forward. Um, I'm a little I'm a little nervous about the Blazers. How are you feeling about this situation? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's a big loss. I'm kind of not always been high on Zach Collins. Um, I know they traded up for him and all that. I mean, it stinks, you know, like you said, they're already lacking, you know, depth down in that position. I think what really is hurting them this year, losing a Minu. I mean, they really could use him right now. He'd be good. I mean, going to the Magic, I never understood that, too, because they had, like, six power forwards. But so – the just losing more depth. Um, they definitely have to make a move. Um, they can't just stay pat. I don't think they'll trade Whiteside just because they're already, you know, lacking that. I think Bays might have to come, you know, be the one that's portrayed. I mean, I've possibly been shot Zach Collins. I think it's time to move on. They took a little too long to move on for uh, Miles Leonard, and I think that kind of came back and bite them. I mean, obviously, I don't think Collins is going to work out for them in the long run, and I honestly could see them, if they're smart and they want to compete because they're a good team, um, they're the team that I think makes the most sense right now to go trade for Iguodala. You need it. He's a good veteran presence. You could definitely get that. I mean, people keep on thinking he's gonna go to the Lakers. I don't really see that. I mean, Portland, this is something you need. I don't understand why they didn't tra- uh, uh, sign Kenneth Farid when he got injured for the whole season. Um, you know, I, I think Farid still has some minutes in them is better than Scala LeVezie Aaron and, and um, you know, the other um, person that they're giving all the, the minutes to. I mean, they could definitely, you know, just keep on platooning that position, but they're definitely going to have to figure something out. It's it's going to be one of those years where I don't think we'll see the true Portland team and what they're capable until like mid season. I think, you know, they'll make a trade and getting nurkish back will be a, a huge plus though. But I, I mean, I just, they can't trade Whiteside right now. You got to keep on playing them. And, I mean, it, it might be time to just move on for Collins. You might not get much for them, but you might be able to put them in a package if you're trying to get, a, a, a like, a, a higher caliber player. I mean, you're really going out for those um, people. I don't see Kevin Love. I would just want to do the Love thing. Um, I know, you know, people, you know, could say mellow, but I don't – Mello's just – I don't – see him really signing and doing anything big. I mean, yeah, he can play the power for but that's not really doing anything plus to your team. So it's gonna be very interesting, but I think as a whole they should just move on from Zach Collins. They should stop trying to include him in their future plans. He's just I just never really seen it. I mean maybe he does have some upside but I just see his injury and he just keeps on getting injured and I just not really seeing the progression. I mean they traded up for the kids so that was we're high on him but I just might be time to move on and really build around what you have in Dane, McCollin and, and
0: Yeah. I think it'll be interesting because I think you like, you have two big expiring contracts that you can flip. You have some solid young pieces. Collins could be one of them. A team could take a flyer on him, especially a team that's like a rebuilding team. um, You know, that's not necessarily looking to win a lot of games this season. Um, I'm also interested in Iguodala, but even more so than Iguodala. I've heard a lot of people throw out Gallinari; they should trade for Gallinari, um, which I mean I think that would be totally fine. I was surprised they didn't do it before the season started. Um, but if you can get Iguodala and Jay Crowder for Whiteside, and then somehow flip with you know with extra assets in there, of course, and then somehow flip Bazemore for like two other players, one of which is a center, um, and then maybe another kind of uh, wing um, who can just give you some kind of minutes. That, that I think, is very interesting because um, I just think they have the pieces to do it, and I think, I mean, if you could get, um, like, Iguadala and Crowder to be basically, like, your go-to fours, uh, or your go-to three and four in your closing lineup, um, that would look pretty good next to Dame and CJ. Now, I I know a lot of people are saying, well, when Nurkic comes back, they'll be able to move Whiteside. I don't expect Nurkic to do a lot this season. I think you have to get a center if you trade Whiteside. Um, But you don't have to get a center for Whiteside. So you could trade Whiteside for those pieces, trade – Basemore for you know a a, a different center, um, and you know one who's not as expensive, uh, and maybe get another piece uh, that could help you. Um, they, I mean, they have all of the necessary pieces to be able to do it. Zach Collins, I still think has value, and for Simons, uh, I certainly think has value. Um, there's a lot of players out there, um, so. I, I just think they have to do it at some point. It'll be interesting to see what they end up figuring out. Because I think right now they're the team that, you know, come January or December fifteenth or whenever it is, whenever they can, uh, teams can start trading the people they signed in the off season. I think I would keep an eye out on Portland to be one of the first teams in that mix uh, to try and improve their roster because. um Lord knows they need some fucking depth right now man they're just they're looking looking real thin um outside of uh dame c j and you know a couple other guys um but yeah we'll see we'll see how it ends up working out for them um but that is uh that is certainly uh something that they need to prioritize um anything you want to add you- i mean what do you think about what do you think about Iggy and jay? Uh, for Whiteside if they can get a center um, in some other capacity, uh, you know, because all of those are expiring contracts, and, you know, you may have to throw in more than just one first-round pick, um, but, like, I don't think you'd have to throw in much more than that. See, I mean,
1: I would – Okay, I would do it over the Gallinari trade. Yes, Gallinari would be good for them, but I just think defensively he's not going to help them where they're already lacking some defensive things where as you get Iguodala and Crowder, it's going to boost you so much defensively and their veterans that have both been there. So I'd do it, but just losing Whiteside, like you said, I just I don't see Nurkic coming back this year, and I think if he does play, he's going to have to come off the bench. So I really do think that Whiteside has to be in their plan just because the center market really thin. There's a bunch of teams that are kind of looking at that right now. Another team, another power forward I could maybe see them going after is uh, Bobby Portis would be interesting. The Knicks got a yeah. lot of power forwards right now, and I don't think that he's in the game plan. They're not going to be able to get Julius Randall because I think the Knicks actually have Randall in their, in their long-term plan. But Bobby Portis would be a very interesting player for um, Portland. So there's some other players out there that can make the low-end trade. So They don't have to you know, trade the Whiteside to go ahead and match that, just because I think they might need Whiteside a little bit more this year. Because like like you were saying, just Nurkic's not going to be able to come back instantly. You know, he broke. He he has a significant leg injury, and he's gonna have to get back in shape. I think if you have someone like Whiteside that can be able to you know play a bunch of minutes, and then you're switching them out, and that's they'll help Nurkic. And then you know next year you're just not moving forward with Whiteside. I think he understands that, so. I think I mean yeah, I would definitely do that trade, but I would try to, if I could, maybe do Baysmore and you know give them more picks and all that. You know do Baysmore and Collins because Collins would be fun moving, uh, you know, pairing next to Triple J. You know you can maybe get your center and all that if you know, if Memphis them. So there there are some trade partners out there. Just wouldn't do the big one right now, it's just because I think bigs are harder to trade for just the center position, not like, you know, I think there's a lot of power forwards out there, but like a true center position right now, is pretty tough because I just see a lot of teams being on that
0: market. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel you there. Um, see, I almost kind of wonder if you could do the, you know, the trade that I just proposed and then make a trade with the Knicks to get Portis and just play him at the center and get somebody else in that deal. Um, you know, like uh, a Reggie Bullock or um uh I don't know, Frank Neil Aquina or so, you know, something like that. Um, to, you know, just to give you a little more depth. Um but no, I mean I hear you. Uh I, and I think Portis would be interesting. I and the the one one of the big reasons that Portis would be a guy like Portis would be so interesting um and a lot of those guys on the Knicks is that they, they have those second year team options. Um, So if he works out, you can take that team option. And if he doesn't, you can drop it. Uh, It does make those guys slightly more valuable um, to these various teams. Uh, You know, I I still would have preferred that uh, Nick's uh, brass uh, had gotten in on the Andre Iguodala and the Mo Harkless, you know, get those guys and get draft picks kind of sweepstakes that were obviously there. Um, however, it is still, um, it is still something, there is still something to be said about, um, having guys that, you know, have those team options, uh, you know, uh, available. Um, it does, it does make those pieces slightly more valuable than if they were simply expiring contracts or definitely if they were, um, player options. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Portland's going to have to make some moves, so we'll see what they, uh, what they got up their sleeve. Um, all right, let's move on. I want to talk about the Suns, man. Uh, the Phoenix Rise from the Ashes Suns, uh, or, you know, as our uh, good friend Kevin O'Connor likes to call them, the Bright Future Suns. Dude, um, they look fucking good. They finally uh, – they do, uh, Philly finally suffered their first loss at their hands. Uh, they've also beaten the Clippers. Uh, they do have two losses. They're 5-2, and two, but uh, – those two losses uh, came uh, were both really close games. I think both those games were one point games. Um, they look really fucking good this year. Uh, is do you having this small sample size? Do you think that they are the Memphis of the last couple years, maybe Orlando a couple years ago, um, or do you see them being more of Say maybe the Kings last year, uh, and and having a legit opportunity to compete uh, for a, a a playoff spot in in the stacked Western Conference, no less.
1: No, I mean they're definitely um, their The bright future Suns are actually looking uh, pretty bright right now. I mean, um, I kind of look at a lot of their off season moves, and I, um, now looking back at it, I mean. What they did was pretty smart. I mean, they finally got rid of – they moved on from the terrible draft of taking Chris and Bender, and, you know, they uh, replaced them <laughs> with yeah, <of>, yeah. uh, <laughs> Frank the Tank and um, uh homie that's been tossed around, um, Sorry, So, you know, you're getting, like, better players right there. Um, you know, they missed out on the big point guard position thing, but – Rubio, surprisingly, is, like, everything that they needed. Like, if his health yeah. can, like, sustain and all that, he's really done everything they really needed. He's, he can hit the big shot. He takes, you know, a lot of the pressure off of Booker and all that. Even though Booker is sometimes better with the ball in his hands, I mean, he's still Rubio can play off the ball. Um, I just look at, you know, their bench It's just a lot better right now with Bridges, Kaminsky. Cameron Johnson. I mean, um, correct me too if I'm wrong. Isn't Trevor Riza on this team? So they still have a Riza that's going to get come comeback? No, no, uh... no, He's on the Kings. Oh, he's on the Kings. Okay. I thought he was on the Suns. Or I mean, maybe it's. I well, he was last year. As I did. They, he it, was last they year. They got yeah, Oubre like, for him. Yeah. Okay. That's, but I like Oubre. So it's just like, you know, the Suns are very interesting, but when, I, when they beat. Philly, you know, my big question is what are they going to look like with Aiton? Are they playing better without Aiton? I mean, Baines right. is a big pickup. I'm, I'm, I tremendously miss Aaron Baines. I still don't know why the Celtics traded for him, but he's looked really good. So they, they, they needed the cap back, space. I mean, they they yeah, didn't have that cap
0: space with him on the books.
1: I know. It's just it's just,
0: looking back at it, it's just, man, we need an Aaron
1: Baines, but he's been everything for the Suns, definitely. Thomas Bryant, man.
0: Is, Thomas Bryant. <laughs>
1: I've I've i watched that Philly game again. Um I was able to watch it again today and really watching it, it wasn't like, you know, they came back and, you know, surprised Philly. It was like they were actually Mm-mm. like the whole game competing with Philly they in controlled the league, it. like they, they controlled it. Philly had to like, you know, really work to like get it back, even though they're missing a B, but like you could say like, you know, having the under eight might be able to like balance like like be able to have that, but so they're just a, a very surprising team. Well, that's, a, that's a stretch, bro. <laughs> it's a stretch of the thing. I'm just saying, like, Embiid will be like, you know, Embiid would be able to put on 20 more points where, you know, they beat well, him by five. So I think it, it'd be a loss to Philly, but it'd be like a
0: closer loss than be able to beat them. I should get, you know, well, this, teams are both this, this healthy. Is what I would, this is what I would say more to your point because I, I I do agree with your point. I, I just think. um. Like, the the Sixers are still really good without Embiid. Like, that's that, – I think that moreover, like, because they have so much positional versatility where they can just slide Horford to the five, slide Tobias to the four, where both of those guys are probably more comfortable. Um, and then, uh, you know, Richardson to the three and throw in Pibel and and Furcon Korkmaz, who Furkan has been playing great. He hit that fucking big game winner against Portland. And he was stroking it uh, against Phoenix as well. Um, so they're still really good within, without Embiid. Um, so I think that is the bigger takeaway for me is just, like, regardless of whether they had Embiid or not, this, they beat a really, really good fucking team, and they've beaten several really good teams. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't – yeah, if they had had Embiid, it would have been a completely different game. Um, but I, I don't take anything away from them that, that they, you know, got a win against Philly with, when Philly didn't have Embiid. They they didn't have Embiid versus Portland and, and completely were able to pull out a fucking win out of their ass down the stretch of that game. And Phoenix was just like, no, you're not doing that against us. Um, and, like, it was impressive. I was really fucking impressed. I was also really pissed, um, but I was really impressed. Um, And Devin Booker, man, Devin Booker shot 14 of 19 in that game, had 40 fucking points, and, like, this is, like, this is the version of Devin Booker that is, like, deserves all the credit that people have bestowed upon him prematurely. Um, You know, when you're, uh, you know, just a a high-volume shooter on a shady team, you're going to score a lot of points. When you're when you can shoot 14 of 19 from the field, um, and let someone else kind of facilitate, but still be able to take dudes off the dribble when you need to, um, which he did at will. He made Ben Simmons look like a fucking joke defensively, like the same Ben Simmons that like people were saying, including myself, all offseason, like this dude is gonna be, you know, uh all-defensive team, uh, like, he's he's going to – I mean, shit, he still might. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he won't be. Um, But, like, a guy who is kind of at least after last season was universally kind of considered to be um, a young, blossoming, uh, elite defender, um, he just made him look fucking useless. Like, Ben Simmons could not do shit to stop Booker in that game. Uh, and, yeah, man, he, just, he, he fucking dominated him. Uh, Rubio was hitting corner threes. Uh, you know, uh, it, was, um, it was impressive. I was really impressed. Uh, Kelly Oubre was just being uh, like son's Kelly Oubre. Like he kind of always sucked. Uh, it were, he was always inconsistent, I should say, when he played in Washington. Um, but since he's gotten to Phoenix, he's been really good. Um, Saric, not, not so much there, but Baines, uh, was fucking solid. Um, and yeah, they're just good. They're really good. And I agree with you. I think, um, I, I think I'm not going to say they are better without Aiden, but they play better without Aiden because you have two bigs in, um, Kaminsky and, and Baines, obviously, who can stretch the floor. Um, I mean, it's it's uh it, it it's really really impressive. Um, Baines looks like a fucking all star right now. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, it, like he looks fucking great. Um, I'm just, uh, y- you know, what? If I'm being honest, I'm just glad that, um, you know, he he got out of that Brad Stevens system so he could really fucking flourish. That that right there is just that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I can't I can't right. Dane's is just that type of player that um, honestly I just think he's the type of player where if what you need him to do he will do perfectly for you I mean what he was mm-hmm. for the Celtics you know we had Horford at the time we needed him right. just to be that reliable rock down low you know get dunked on poor guy got dunked on more than I've ever seen but you know build a bounce <laughs> back from that and still play some solid defense and then now with yeah. the suns he's able to do a little bit more because you know aiden's out so he just like i said it's just all their moves that they made it, there was nothing big and i know like a lot of us had the phoenix suns as big losers in the off season i mean we were just like what the hell are they doing they were doing weird trades in the draft and they you know yeah they taking the Ricky Rubio down on
0: the draft <laughs>
1: But, I mean, in, in all, I mean, looking at them, I feel like now having a small sample size, they made vertical, you know, movement. And, you know, it's kind of looking bad. I do think they'll be the sun this year. I don't think they'll make the playoffs in the West. It's just – if they're in the East, maybe, but just the West being very competitive already and having some higher-tier teams. But, I mean, right now with the Kings slipping, I mean, I don't think the, they might be – between those two teams right now, I think the Suns might finish higher than the Kings just because the Kings have ran yeah. into some injuries that the the Kings ran into injuries where they can't fill in some players and it just make up for it while the Suns lose a big player, you know, for Aiton's going to be gone for, you know, a good third well, of the season. And, you know, they've been able to rebound and do just fine without that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, like, let's not kid ourselves. It's not the Kings – have run into injuries, and they don't have the guys to, like, replace. They have so much depth on that team. Luke Walton just looks like a fucking joke of a coach. I mean, I've always loved Luke Walton. I, You know, I've always stand for Luke Walton. I've always said, give him time in L.A. and he'll be fine and everything else. And, you know, give him time here. Um, It's just, you know, first few games, I'm not jumping to any conclusions. But, like, it hasn't been the, like, lack of depth for the Bagley injury, it's it's been the fact that, like, Luke Walton is not coaching this team as well as Dave Yeager coached them last year. Like, that's been the big difference, at least in my opinion. Um, so, but, uh, but no, I totally agree with you. I think Phoenix looks way better out of the gate. And props to Money Williams. Money Williams getting a lot out of this team seems to be, at least at this point, granted it's early, but at this point, um, seems to be the exact kind of coach that they needed. Um, like Igor just never really seemed to figure out how to manage this team. Um, and granted, there's a lot of different parts involved. You know, they didn't have a point guard last year and all that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, Rubio has been fucking great. Um, I, I, I thought Rubio's number was a little high. Um You know, I I didn't, not so much for the King or for the Suns per se, but just I didn't feel like there was going to be any other teams to give him like that. Um, But hey, it's, if he, if he, what, who the fuck said it? I can't remember who said it, but um, somebody said, uh, you can't overpay good players. Um, And so if Rubio's given you what he's given you to this point in time, uh, he's well worth the contract regardless of um, whether somebody else would have given him that contract or not. So props to him, man. The, like, Props to the Suns. Uh, I'm excited. I hope they fucking make the playoffs. I mean, first of all, like, Jawan needs a fucking break because Lord knows his Knicks aren't making the fucking playoffs. Uh, and his second favorite team is the Suns. So, uh, like, I was just – I was just getting ready to be like, oh, I'm sorry, Jawan, you have the two worst teams in either fucking conference that you fucking loved. Um but hey man, the Suns look good. So uh yeah. I mean it's uh it it it's a very pleasant surprise. Uh so uh props to the Suns. Let's hope they keep it up. Uh it, it it's they there's certainly a path um, you know, into the playoffs for them this year. Uh that, you know, has not been there for a very very long time. So, uh wish him the best. Um all right, let's move on. John Collins uh has been suspended 25 games for testing positive for uh a, a human growth hormone. Um essentially it was a uh, it it I have Heard a little bit about the particular human growth hormone that he did. I don't remember the name of it Um, uh, or that he tested positive for, I should say. But uh, it basically um, – it's used to increase appetite, uh, but like for athletic purposes, it's used to increase muscle mass, Um, which, I don't know, kind of makes sense. I mean that's something that a lot of people have said John Collins needed to – um do um if he was going to bang down low with some of these centers he needed to get bigger um I, you know he says he took it unknowingly i i just wish and i wish it would have been John Collins i really do um i just wish one of these guys would come out and fucking i i hate to say this because like I'm basically calling John Collins a liar but fuck it i'm going to do it Um, I just wish one of these guys would come out and be like, man, I'm really fucking sorry. I took it because, you know, I wanted to be the best player I could be for my team. I was feeling the pressure, whatever, whatever the fucking truth is. Instead of just being like, well, I didn't know I took it. I didn't didn't, didn't know. Um, Because, I mean, you hear the same thing from all of them. And it'd be just nice for once for one of them to come out and just like legitimately apologize and say, Look, you know, I, I fucking took it. I I I wanted to um you know, I I knew what I needed to achieve in the off season. Um and you know, yeah, I, I, I did it. I shouldn't have done it. I cut you know, I cut corners, um, I apologize, it won't happen again. From now from now on, I'm gonna do things the right way. Yada yada yada. I would just have so much respect, more respect, uh, for that kind of answer than uh, I. I must have taken something that was tempered. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough loss for the Hawks, but uh, they were able to get the W last night against the Spurs, uh, and Trey Young looked like a fucking genius out there particularly in the second half. And, uh, you know, Jabari Parker looks like he's very, very um, ready to step in and be the starting power forward uh, in in John Collins' stead. And, I honestly, I'm not that worried. I'm really not because I know a lot of people think, and I don't think John Collins is necessarily overrated. So I I don't want to come off like I'm saying that but I know a lot of people like think John Collins is a really great young player. I think John Collins benefited so much off of Trey young um, last season, like that he was able to kind of make this, this step forward. I think Trey's just going to make anybody who is as good as naturally good as John Collins is that much better. And Jabari Parker is every bit as good as John Collins. Like, that's the thing. Like, People have been so down on Jabari Parker because, uh, you know, he was in a few different systems that didn't fit him. Uh, Obviously, in Milwaukee, Donnis, you know, became the the central focus, um, and that, you know, obviously didn't fit. So he went to Chicago. They tried to play him at the three, which is not really smart. Um, You know, that, that didn't work out, so they traded him to Washington. He actually played reasonably decent in Washington. Um, but now that he gets to play with Trey, Trey just makes him so much better. And if you just look at them as, like, look at the amount of experience and everything else, um, I don't I don't think John Collins is that much better, if any better, uh, than Jabari Parker. I just don't. Um, so I don't think it's really going to hurt the Hawks as much as a lot of people are saying it's going to. Um, my fear is that um, it will... Uh, it might make it I, – I, I've never – I haven't felt like at any point in the season that Trey and John have really gotten into a rhythm. Um, like, Trey went off in those first two games, but he did a lot of scoring himself. He did get nine assists in both those games, um, but then he got hurt, and now John Collins gets suspended. It, my biggest fear is that it maybe works itself out to where he – develops this kind of rapport with some of these other guys. So when John Collins comes back, it's like a weird situation where they're playing, like maybe the Hawks are playing really well and Collins doesn't kind of fit. And that might hurt, um, like his, uh, I mean his value, but more specifically like his, his, um, his ego, if you will. Uh, so that, that, that's more my concern than, than the Hawks per se. um, but what do you think about the Collins uh, suspension? Um, yeah, I said last week that I thought the Aiton suspension was maybe a little, um, a little extreme. Uh, granted, I mean, a diuretic is used to cover up um, some kind of drug use. But I still feel like if, if you don't know exactly what they took, if you only knew that they were covering something up, 25 games seems a little extreme. If you know they took a human growth hormone – um, or if they tested positive for that, yeah, I think twenty-five games is about right. I mean, a, a quarter of the season, basically, a little more than a quarter of the season, um, seems fair to me in this case. Um, now that's aside from the conversation uh, that I, uh, the other conversation that I had with Juan last week. Like, um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know why it's such a big deal um, for for you know these guys to. To take various supplements, try and it, it's not the same thing as steroids. Technology has come so far from that; it's not the same thing. Um, now, granted, we don't know all the um, side effects of it, but I do wonder if in the future we look at look back and say it's so weird that like players couldn't like take like they could take some supplements, but not particular supplements that, like, now we know are safe and fine. Um, So, but nevertheless, the rules are the rules. He tested positive, 25 games, seems fair. Uh, But anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: So there's a couple things right here. Um, You know, when I saw it, uh, I was kind of, you know, even though it's, you know, you should never root for a player, but but I was kind of like, you know, good for you, Collins, because, you know, I sent you guys, I mean, going to watch him live and seeing him stand next to Bam, they're kind of around the same age. I think Collins is one year older because Bam came straight out of college. But it was just like their two body types are so different. And I was just saying it's like if Collins could maybe get to like not like fully what Bam, I just don't see that in his body structure. But just like put on that more weight, I just think that it can take Collins to that next step because he'll be able to, you know, be able to bang with a lot of these big centers down low so i just think it's key for him to put on weight and i you know i you know i see the struggle like you're i agree with you that it's not steroids and it's 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 not the same thing and all that and and from what we both have um, kind of thing it was to help him eat and all that i just i know a lot of friends that you know that are like you know pretty tall and all that that they can't put on weight and Collins kind of looks like that he's kind of always been the same size coming out of Vanderbilt so he's kind of always been that's why he was a good you know rookie because he was he was a little bit bigger than some of the guys and he's just very springy I just think he does need to put on that um that weight so it it, it was it, it i think it's a tough you know loss just for the team for him just thinking you know they I was trying to do this thing with put on weight I know that's one thing that's holding me back. I just hope that it doesn't stop him from just and just being content and being like, you know, I'm just at this body size. I'm just going to keep it, you know, around this, you know, I would be tries in these 25 games to bulk up the, the natural way. Um, I do like Collins on you guys' team. I agree with you that it's not a biggest loss of losing Trey. Um, Trey does so much for your offense. He facilitates everything. He can calm it down. And two, when Trey went out, you didn't have Evan Turner like you don't have a backup point guard, which I thought was really crazy that the Hawks really don't have a a backup point guard on the roster, like a true guy that plays point guard, and then Evan Turner would be the other ball handler. So it's like Cam yeah, Reddish and we picked up Ty guard. Wallace. We picked yeah, up Ty Wallace like Kim who, again. Not,
0: he's not a backup point guard really? He's more of yeah, like a so, undersized two guard. <laughs> yeah. So that
1: that's what surprised me more that Atlanta had banked so much. I mean, I love Trey and I don't you know, I think he's younger to be able to play like every game, but just to not have a single backup point guard I think is a bigger loss. While so you do have some big man I mean, let's not get over our schemes here on Jabari real quick. I mean, you kinda make him this is the same Jabari Parker that says I don't get paid all these millions of dollars to play defense. I'm not saying John Collins is a great defender, he's really low, but at least John Collins has some energy and all that. And, like, he could be a spark plug and really, yeah, you know, but he's, he's bound to get you a rebound. Well, Jabari, okay, yeah, he he gets points. I mean, that's what he's known for. So, I do think that it's not a major loss, like you're saying, it's a slice step down. But I don't think Jabari, like, is going to secure this spot over him, even if he continues. I think Parker is was doing really well coming off the bench, even with Collins on there. I still think that he'll be the same player. I just think that, I don't know, I'm just kind of down on Jabari's game. I think he has it offensively, but he has a lot. He's got the Andrew Wiggins almost mindset where it's like you have this talent where, unlike Wiggins, Jabari has had some major injuries, so that could be holding him back, undoing a lot of these plays, you know, like going up for these big plays and all that, where he's kind of hesitant there. But I just don't think where if Collins, yeah, if Collins were to bulk up and get a little bit bigger, he can be, you know, really good move forward. I think him and Trey do work really well together. Um, it's just that team is Trey's team. So, and I just think that Collins is one of those guys that, you know, on a championship winning team, he's just one of those guys that you want because he's not going to be a headache to anything. He's always going to yep. give you a hundred percent. There's, he's never going to mm-hmm. leave something out on the floor. You're never going to look and be like, you know, John would have just dove for that ball and just thrown it back in, and, you know, something could have happened. No, he's going to do that for you. He's almost like a Robin type. You know, he's just he's all over the place. He's definitely going to give you where. I don't see Parker doing that, especially if Parker starts to have a down night and sure. not having offensively. I just think he can get in his head, and, um, I mean, I you know, I've never really read it, but I just, him moving from team to team, I just don't know how good he is in a locker room presence. I mean, he probably, you know, right now, he's enjoying this, but, you know, with the young guys were Collins. I just, I see all smiles from the kid. I just do agree where it was just ironic that I was like pointing out that, man, if he could just bulk up a little bit more, what <laughs> Stephanie can yeah, take. You and then coincidentally,
0: like a day before a day. <laughs> he
1: got that. Yeah, the day yeah. after, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. But I mean, that's why I was like, you know, I never want to root for a guy. And like, you know, I understand, you know, you, you're taking these things, but it's just like, I, I you know when I saw it I was just like you know good for you Collins kind of like seeing that this is something that is lacking in your game is not being as big and as he wants some of these to get other big men and he wants to get right. better at it and you know he might not have an appetite he might not be able to, he might not be able to eat all these things to build on the way he just might not be part of his you know whole body routine so I mean I just hope right. during these twenty five games he comes back and it's like ooh whoa did Collins put on some like muscle mass and really you know just focus on his body and getting it bigger because that's obviously what he's got to for so he's going to do it the right way so I think I think this could be you know a plus you know he could do things right and really get back there and really show the fans because I think Collins is one of those guys too where he's going to come back the first game he's going to try for like a 2020 game or like you know he's going to give you everything he's going to really be um apologetic to Atlanta fans. I just really like him just for Atlanta. I just think he's just that good team guy, you know, just all that. And like you said, it would have been nice if he admitted to it, but I just – it's just every PR. I don't even think a team would let you – even if you were that good of a person, like, no, 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 I really want to admit it. They'd be like, no, <laughs> right. no, let, let's, you no, let's not do that. just do that. How about we yeah. not? Or you just won't speak to the media. We'll get our – our PR guy to speak for you. So, <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of things where I true. just don't think that they they can't do that. But um, I'm just hoping that Colin does. I think that he's a smart young player that he's going to take this situation and really build from it. So I think it's a, it's going to be a good thing. And then when he comes back, I mean, he could definitely help make Atlanta that run for the you know sixth, seventh, and eighth seed in the East because I definitely think they'll be competing. Because like you said, I mean, it's losing Trey is one thing. But luckily, you know, losing Collins, it's not as big when you have Jabari that can come in there and be a, you know, your power forward, and he'll get you the buckets. He might not get you the rebound, but he'll get you the points that you're going to be missing.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing is, like, trying to figure out what the fuck – who the fuck we can figure out to be our go-to center. Because Lynn has been terrible this year. He played great down the stretch of last season when Deadman was hurt. But he's been really bad this year. Um, Damian Jones just looks lost out there. I don't know how you play on the Warriors for three years and look that lost at various points throughout the game. And like Bruno's just young. Like Bruno looks good. Like I, I like Bruno, but he's young. He's this is his first year. Like, um, I, I you know, I, I don't want to give him too many minutes too fast. Um but um to what you were saying, uh particularly about um sorry, helicopter going by here. Um to what you were saying about, you know, Jabari and all of that, I get it. Um and you know, that's why I said like um like he's not I I just don't think he's that much worse than Collins. Collins has proven that he's he he got like a recorded a block a game for every game that he's played this season. Um so that's like showing improvement um like for sure uh on the defensive end. But my thing is this, like I like you look at individual players, so you look at like Trey, not a good defender. You look at Jabari, not a good defender. You look at um uh Collins like like for the last couple seasons, not a good defender. Um you look at any of our centers none of them are particularly good defenders for, you know, various different reasons, but the Hawks have played great defense. They play great team defense. Um, I think, um, you know, famously last year, Boyd Pierce said that he was not going to implement his defensive system in the first year that he was there. Part of it was him learning his players. Part of it was him learning what it meant to be a head coach Um, I think another part of it was probably, um, you know, they they didn't necessarily, they weren't prioritizing winning games, um, but he's obviously done it at the start of this season and the Hawks defense looks fucking good. Like it, like it's just feisty. Um, everybody seems to contribute. They do a lot of switching, uh, which I've never seen the Hawks do, um, or, or at least do effectively uh and they just look really solid on the defensive end as a team uh and i just feel like you know that maybe colin's success has more to do with the the implementation of the team defense and and as as to jabari's success has to do with that i don't feel like we're going to have as huge of a drop off defensively as you might think we would given Collins' early success and Jabari's lack of defense throughout his career. Um so you know, I don't know. I I would like to think when Jabari, you know, said he was interested in 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 signing with the Hawks, um you know, maybe Lloyd Pierce sat down with him and was like, so I got this defensive system that I'm going to implement. I but you know, I want your thoughts on it. I want to know what you think. Um and you know, I had a conversation with him about it, and was like, "Cause this is what I need you to do." Um, let's not forget, he was the defensive coach for um, the uh, for the Sixers before he got the job here. Um, so that's kind of his his forte. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I I really do. I think I think we're gonna be fine, and, and not to mention old man Vince, more minutes for him. Uh, so that's should be helpful um not helpful in the sense of it's better to have uh him out there than Collins but you know helpful better in the sense like uh it, it you could be worse off having somebody else come out there because like dude he, he hit like a big iso shot uh in that game last night um it's it kind of an iso shot Trey had passed in the ball he kind of shimmied and then uh, took a took a three over a dude and nailed it and just like walked back casually and like Trey was like yo dude you, you ain't walking back casually give me some bro like it was it was fucking awesome you can tell Trey um really fucking loves Vince Carter and everybody on that team really loves Vince Carter so like that's another reason why um I'm not terribly worried about it like I think as long as this team has Trey Young. It doesn't matter what other pieces you put on that floor, he's going to find a way to make them successful cuz that's what he does. Um so it's just going to be it's going to be really fun to follow to see um what this team is able to accomplish this year. I am not going to be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. I didn't expect us to be this good. Um anyway, so you know, if we do, uh it's just going to be all fucking you know, uh, smiles and, uh, what have you, uh, on my end. Um, my biggest fear, I just hope, I hope we don't make the playoffs and play the Sixers. <laughs> like It's going to be like, uh, it's going to be really hard to root for the Sixers after they knock my Hawks out of the playoffs. <laughs> it's going to be like, fuck. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but other than that, like, uh, make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. Like, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I, I'm I, I'm very optimistic from what I've seen. Uh from Trey, from these young guys, everything else. Cam uh played a very efficient game last night. Um Hunter as well. He's been very efficient all season. Uh so yeah, a lot of good pieces. They need uh they need one of those young wings, whether it's Herter or Cam or, or Hunter, those guys need to step up throughout this season and kind of become that second perimeter scorer. Um, for the Hawks, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think we'll be, we probably will make the playoffs, um, but that's, that's going to be the big thing as to, you know, I think what, what kind of sways the situation. Um, But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited real quick. uh, I want to do a a couple contenders pretenders uh, quickly down the stretch here. Um, But I, 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 with, I want to ask you this with Collins, most recently Aiton a little over a week ago and Wilson Chandler at the beginning of the season, all getting flagged for, um, you know, various failed drug tests. Uh, do you expect to see more of this? Like, I I don't feel like this can be just a crazy anomaly. It it seems like it, it, it seems weird if it's just a crazy anomaly. Um, it seems like maybe the NBA is kind of cracking down on this and they just haven't in the past. I don't, a, I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if you have any sort of um, notion as, as to why all of a sudden they would crack down on this. Um, And B like, do do you expect to see another player come out in the next, I don't know, handful of weeks, um, you know, to, to get red flagged and, and, be suspended um
1: i don't think if it will happen it'll happen very soon um with these types of things i mean the Chandler thing was a little space apart but um a lot of these players will get whatever out of their system very quickly um they're definitely working on probably if they do have anything they'll get it in so if they do get you know drug test down the line they'll be able to get it out i mean usually players have a good heads up it's just when you do catch these types of things, I feel like they are at the beginning of the season, especially since no one's really got hit big. I mean, Wilson Chandler, like you were saying, got kind of right before the season. So I don't think any players were really kind of freaking out, you know, and all that. But I think with this eight Collins kind of being right around each other, obviously things are still in their system. So I do feel like any player that does like, I don't think there's that many that would have it in their system to get caught. But I do feel like the small number have enough time to get it luckily out of their system to where I don't think that'll be a big thing. I just feel like this will be something that will happen throughout NBA, just at the beginning of the seasons where they catch the first player just off guard because, you know, no one's really thinking, I need to get this out of my system. it will just naturally get out of my system as the the season goes. And I'm not going to get drug tested where right now, you know, if you do, do have something in there, you're kind of in that full panic mode of I need to get this out. So I do think, if it were to happen, it'll happen very quickly, like within a week. But I I don't think, you know, a month from now we'll see this just because if you'd be a very dumb player to do that. I know I've heard a lot of football players and all that say that you usually do have enough time in between, you know, when you'll know, like, your guys are going to get drug tests or all that or get, like, to where you might be able to get it out. So I just think at this point they've got they got the couple of players that got it. I think maybe one more smaller end. But I don't think anyone drastic. But I just think, at this point, as you're working it naturally out of your system because you thought it was going to just do it no matter what throughout the season. But now you're kind of panicking to just get it out immediately. Yeah.
0: Well, and interestingly enough, I heard that the um, particular uh, human growth hormone that Collins took on average takes eight days to pass out of the system. So like, whenever he stopped taking it. Um, yeah, you know, presumably stopped taking it, uh, allegedly stopped taking it, I guess we should say, uh, just for, uh, posterity's sake. Um, like they, he had to have been tested within probably, I would say two weeks if on average it's eight days, maybe it lasts two weeks in a particular person's body. Um, but like, that's a, that's a small like window. Um, so yeah, I mean you may be right. Maybe, um, they're using these guys as examples um which sucks that one of my guys is an example um but uh but again like i, I like i said i've heard a lot of people say like uh this is going to hurt the Hawks way more than Aiden losing Aiden hurts the Suns i don't know we'll see i'm not necessarily sold on that um i i, I like uh i like the guys we have to uh, uh take uh you know take up the reins in their stead. And I like the notion of getting uh, Hunter and Cam Reddish a few more minutes. minute. Um, so, uh, you know, cause I still think our priority should be development um, this season. I mean, uh, what I, would I rather, you know, develop our young guys and have them be even better going into next season, or would I rather make the eighth seed and, you know, get swept in the first round or, win one game or whatever. Like, give me the development and the better draft pick. Because, uh, you know, I'm not going to – obviously, I would love to make the playoffs. It would be great for the Hawks. Um, and my brother uh, happens to know the wife of uh, the CEO for the Hawks. So he usually gets fucking, like, really, really good seats for playoff tickets. Uh, so that would be fucking awesome. I'd love it. Um, but um, – nevertheless like i you know i i would still hope that we prioritize um you know getting these young guys uh developed and it seems like that's what we're doing right now regardless of the collins uh suspension so um but this might mean even a few more minutes for the likes of hunter and cam and maybe even in in some ways because collins did play some five in, in some ways uh fernando um who had like has had some really nice moments this season, um, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, all right. Just a, kind of a quick rapid fire. There's currently six teams, three in the East, three in the West, that uh, if if the uh, playoffs started today, would be in the mix, would be in the playoffs rather. Um, I just want to know from you, uh, contender, pretender, uh, you can take that. For any sort of way that you want. Uh, But all right, so let's start, obviously, with the Hawks. I would assume we've talked about them a little bit, so we don't really need to to linger. But I would assume you would say contender uh, for for a playoff spot there. Yeah, yeah, definitely contender. I mean, like you
1: said, Trey's playing really well. I definitely see the Hawks being, um, you know, a better young team in the East. So definitely uh, a contender, but not, you know, in the in the upper half but you know for that eight contender absolutely um
0: surprisingly the fucking charlotte hornets uh are currently uh a playoff team like i said if the season were to end today um contender or pretender luke
1: oh pretender big time um (laughs) I do like P.J. Washington. Um, I did like that draft pick, um, but I just – him being one of your – probably your number two player right now on your team is not going to get you far when you're having to do it. I've um, put a lot on a rookie. Just – they're fun right now, but it's just – they're going
0: to come back to earth, so pretender. Yeah, I would ultimately agree with you. I really like what Graham has done so far this season. Um, And it's so funny, man. They have this young kid, this young point guard, who obviously they were able to see last season, but he was just playing behind Kimball Walker. Um, So they go out and they spend, what, what was it, like fucking $58 million on Terry Rozier. And, like, early on this season, Terry Rozier looks like the second-best point guard on their fucking team, and they just spent a shit ton of money on him. That's why you don't do that. That's exactly why you don't do that. That's why you fucking be patient and fucking take a long look at the young guys on your roster. You fucking give them more minutes. You see what you have. You make smart decisions, not punch-drunk decisions, where you're giving Terry Rozier $58 million. Now, not to say that Terry Rozier has been bad for them. I'm just saying Devontae Graham has been better um, he has been the better player to this point throughout the season. Um, it, it's uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Uh, again, I just – I fucking – I hate the Hornets' management. Everything about them, every decision they make, I do not like. Um, and this is another one uh, that I feel like uh, just kind of highlights that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately I think I, – As as weak as the East is, I just feel like there's going to be teams. Um, Like, I I don't think Brooklyn's going to continue to struggle so much. Um, You know, uh, the Magic are certainly a team that could um, start tying together some wins. Uh, There's some teams down there that that could, uh, you know, kind of rise up. Uh, I I don't expect them to be there. Uh, All right. Uh, One that I'm sure we're both going going to agree on, the Miami Heat, obviously a contender. Oh yeah, definitely a big time contender. Um,
1: they play really good defense. contender. Uh, yeah, I could see them um, uh, you know, definitely getting that fourth, maybe even the 3 if they make a like I said, I still think that they're kind of a trade away, not with the star like getting a star, but getting a more valuable player. I mean, you know, they definitely have De'on Waiters is in, in their thing, so they definitely are putting these bigger minutes on here. I mean, he's he's a great shooter, so I still think they're good but they're just really – they have a lot of just good people just all around, just solid players. And um, Jimmy Butler really the a really – He's definitely competing right now. I mean, the funny thing is is I read about him last year that Golden State was, like, doing everything in their willpower to, like, hide him on their G League team. Right. But last year they had yeah. to let him go, and actually, but – I've, I've read a lot of things that he was a really good, like just lighting people up in the G league that he was going to be a good player. So him coming out, I wasn't really surprised, but um, yeah, they've got a lot of good players. Um got a smart coach. I've always been a big fan of them um, ever since, you know, the the big three left Miami. So I do think solid contender.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, nunn has been great. Hero's been solid. Uh, Butler's looked really good um, in the couple games that he's played for them. Um, it kind of pissed me off watching uh, the Hawks-Heat game. Uh, not the not the second one, but the first one, the one where Trey got hurt. Because, um, like, Butler was just, like, coming off of, like, these screens and, like, floating right around the three-point line and just, like, getting the ball and just, like, immediately, like, stroking a three. And I was just like, Where the fuck was this in Philly? Like you never shot threes in Philly. You always were, like were so reluctant to fucking shoot threes in Philly and now you're just fucking lighting it up from three. Like, fuck you, Jimmy Butler. Um But uh my my Philly allegiance aside, uh or I should say my Sixers allegiance aside, 'cause it doesn't it doesn't translate to any other sports team um in the city. Uh I I like Jimmy Butler. I've always liked Jimmy Butler. Um and he looks like a perfect fit in Miami. Um and yeah, they just got a lot of good, solid young players. Duncan Robinson, another dude, fucking just stroking threes. Uh Myers Leonard uh looks like he's having a blast down there. Um when they blew up the fucking Rockets, I was just like, damn. I'm like, yeah, they're they're I I don't think I can like kind of pretend this team isn't anything anymore like they're they're pretty fucking good uh, but all right let's move on to the west um we got about six minutes left so we need to be quick uh dallas uh we both were really down on dallas coming into the season i think dallas is a contender um lucas looked like a fucking all-star um one might even say uh, it looked like an MVP candidate uh, to this point during the season. Um, kid's been fucking balling out, uh, just undeniable talent. christops has looked very solid in his role, and these the 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 pieces that they have around them, um, albeit maybe not the absolute best fits, um, have looked really fucking solid throughout the season. So I think they're a contender.
1: Um, I'm going to stick with, uh, just cause I had him so low. So I just can't go away from my hot take where <laughs> pretender don't get me wrong. Luca, It's great. He's been playing out of his mind. Um, Christophe, like you say, he's been doing really solid. Um, I just still think they're lacking it. Um, center position wise, just the depth there too. And, um, they do have some good role players and all that stuff in, um, uh, Powell, but it's just, I don't know, man. I just, I can't get completely sold on him, and, and trust me, I've watched the games. I've watched that whole game again um, with the Lakers just because it was such a good one and all that. Yeah, and it's it was just great. Like, I look at that starting and it's just like, I don't know, with Curry, Powell, and Brunson, I'm just like, I oh, it's just – I I can't – like, they're fun right now and they're definitely going to get some team surprise and give them their best just because Luka is really that good. And um, Kristoff's yeah. playing next him is, is pretty nice. But I think – as we keep on moving on, um, teams will see what they're lacking and and definitely exploit that. And once they run into big teams and all that, I definitely think they'll. So, um, and them being in the West, I just I got to go Pretender, not as low probably as the second lowest team that I put, put them at, but the math was definitely definitely Pretender. I'll give them a a notch up that they're not going to finish
0: that low, but I still
1: see them as
0: not making the playoffs.
1: Yeah,
0: I hear you. Um, I wanna. Like I want to hate Luca so bad, just on behalf of all of his fucking bandwagon fans who've come out of the woodworks who didn't fucking know about him forever until he started playing in the NBA. Um, but I can't. Like I mean, I I mean I still kind of root against him. I was so happy when the the, the Blazers were able to beat him. I was, I couldn't quite find myself rooting for the Lakers against him, but I was just I was just sitting back like. I'm just going to enjoy this game. I don't really care who wins or loses. And, boy, was it a fucking show. Like, it was a great game, both he and LeBron going back and forth. It was fucking awesome. But the kid's just so fucking talented. He's so good. He's going to be – I'll be surprised if he doesn't get at least one MVP uh, in his career. Um, He's that good. Um, But, all right, Minnesota. Um, I'm going to say pretender on them. I, I really like what they've been able to do so far. Um, but I, I just can't, I can't put stock in Wiggins. Um, I, I just think that like if they wanted to be a real contender, they would like try to, I don't know, do anything to like not get him to shoot so many goddamn shots. Um, and I love Robert Covington. I think he's great for that team. Uh, he's, kind of the heart of that team right now, the kind of the backbone of that team that gives them stability. I don't think Teague's going to play as well as he has throughout the beginning of the season. Um, Maybe they make a Russell trade. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, But I, I just think, like you said, for the same reason that you're considering Dallas a pretender, I'm going to say Minnesota's a pretender. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, I really do want to put them as a contender. I do think that Cat's really taken a step up this year. And then when they lost them, they've done pretty well with, without, you know, maintaining, you know, getting by with, with him being gone. But like you said, I just – Andrew Wiggins, I just can't put any money in. And you look down the line and it's just kind of just after that. I mean, Robert Covington and all that, it's just – it kind of gets wishy-washy. I mean, I do think if they make a move, it doesn't need to be a D'Angelo Russell move, but if they make a move, they could maybe be contender just because I really do think Cat has taken his game to another level. Definitely wants to be in that conversation for best center, and he's definitely doing it all. It's just how much is that going to wear on him when he's not having other teammate, or, a.k.a. Andrew Wiggins, that's supposed to be, you know, that type of caliber player to take his next turn He's not taking it, so... I do would like to see them contender, but yeah,
0: pretender. Would you trade Andrew Wiggins in um, and some combination of salary um, to get Chris Paul? No. Um, see, I would. I just I would simply because Chris Paul's contract doesn't last as long as fucking Wiggins.
1: Yeah, but I just I would fear. Um, that just Chris Chris Paul, the past, not working with people with Kat. Um, obviously, I want to say Carl in Towns and Andrew Wiggins actually have a really good relationship. Obviously, you know, you know when Wiggins they watch Jimmy Butler, nice he,
0: everybody likes yeah, him.
1: Yeah. Like people like he's him. him. He's a real likable guy. That's really weird. So I just don't think that. I think cat would kind of see it as like, you know, even though he's like, you know, I can't really be like, yes, I'm getting a better player. I still think that's his boy and all that. And they definitely came together, Jimmy Butler losing him and like show him like hey we can be a team. So I don't. I just I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't do it either. Just just a lot of things that could sure. backfire and just Minnesota just might end up losing. You don't want yeah. to lose Carl Anthony Towns and I don't think they will, but you don't want something to push him to be like I want out of my
0: four year contract that I'm on right now. Yeah yeah gotcha. Um, Phoenix I think they're a contender. Do you just, just contender or pretender?
1: Um. Pretender. I'm gonna
0: go pretender. They're All gonna, right. They're they're gonna find right. <laughs> Yeah, some, that's somehow. fair enough. Fair enough. All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, Luke, as always, thank you for joining me, man. Uh everybody out there, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Be sure to check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance as well as TS Top Ten, as well as Geek Vibes Live uh this weekend. Uh we will see you next week. Until then, peace.
1: Peace.